Hello, and welcome to RPG PodQuest, the show that's not only about RPGs, but also is an RPG. I realized after uh, hearing you two introduce the show that we have dropped the the, which <sighs> I think is fitting, right? That's that's when the, the brand really starts to take off, is when you drop the the. We've got so no time the. for these now and thes. It's just straight that's into right. it. Excellent. That's right. So uh, that voice that you just heard uh, is one of our co-hosts, Nick. Nick, how are you? Good. I'm sorry. I spoke before the introduction. I know that's a faux pas. I'll just (laughs) see myself out. (laughs) We're just going to have to do this all over again. Um, And our other co-host who has been dutifully silent. Dutifully, dutifully. Yes. Beautifully silent, I should say. Oh, I'll take that too. How are you, uh, Jeremy? Oh, I am doing A-OK. Ready to talk some RPGs. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what we're here to do. And because there is no news uh, for this week, other than the release of a game that we will probably talk about uh, very briefly, uh, we're just going to get right into our new games, what we've been playing. And we're going to start with Nick, as a matter of fact. So, Nick, what you been up to? I saw you uh, posting in the Switch RPG Discord about a certain game. Yeah, I, I may have gotten a little angry there. So I, I, I've been playing <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV this week. So to coincide with Australia Day, they opened up an Oceania server um, this week. Oh, really? So, yeah, which was nice. So I thought, well, I had nice. a couple of people I knew on some other Discord servers and forums, you know, jumping on. So I thought, may as well jump on, um, you know, saw some good novelty Australian names in there, which was which was nice and amusing. Um, I, I, so I've played Final Fantasy XIV before, maybe two years ago, um, about three or four months before they did a big update where they sort of streamlined the opening 50 or 60 hours. Um, and of course, <laughs> all I played was the first 40 hours. So uh, it was very text heavy back then. So I've jumped into it and it's almost... Uh, reminiscent and i want to say this in a good way of early world of warcraft you know when it is really just hey go have a chat to this person run off to that area collect a few things do a few things just mindless fun which is what you really want in an mmo while you're sort of coming to terms with the mechanics how the you know combat works how the character works what are all the the abilities the not you know but what are the game mechanics that you can get involved with that kind of thing um so I probably put in, you know, just 10 hours o- over the week, um, just dabbling in and around. But yeah, the the getting it started process just tipped me off the edge. So I had originally bought it on Steam and then I bought the expansion pack Endwalker on Steam. And then I went to log in and it just told me my account was not tied to an Endwalker license. So uh, lo and behold, three accounts in, none of them actually tied to my Steam account. I just got a refund and then went and bought the whole thing from scratch through Square Enix. <laughs> so I now own Final Fantasy XIV twice, but, you know, it's it, it, it's 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 a very nice game and um, obviously really different to any of the other Final Fantasies. It's It's got the lore, it's got sort of the world, and I'm sure there's, there's some tie-ins there and, as things get in and the story builds up. But at this point, it's kind of like I'm just walking around in a, an expanded Final Fantasy twelve world. Um, but no, it's been good. Have either of you dabbled in it at all? I played a small amount of Final Fantasy eleven many, many years ago, but yep. haven't really sunk my teeth into Final Fantasy fourteen. But I have heard very good things. Yeah, I, I did the same. It was eleven, not a lot, but probably just you know enough to 
start a character, get up to level 20, 30, that kind of thing, and taper off after a, a, a few weeks. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's really aesthetically pleasing too, which is nice. It's, it's colorful, it's bright. Um, and I think we, what I'm enjoying at the moment with the excitement of the new server and, you know, an influx of new players um, from Australia, New Zealand, from Malaysia and things like that, um, you've got a lot of these experienced players coming over and, you know, free transfers from the older servers, but then you are getting a lot of new players in there at the moment. Um, but it seems very like, hey, we want to support, bring up, you know, the Oceania community. So you've got these guys that have probably put in hundreds of hours who are all seemingly being extremely forthcoming and helpful. Um, but I have just heard overall good things about the community in Final Fantasy fourteen. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have rules in place with regards to what you can and can't say um, to other people and, you know, how to present I remember there was a video they put out once of, you know, hey, if you're running a quest with someone and they're not doing it right, don't just say, hey, you're doing it wrong. Say, hey, did you think about trying to do it this way? Um, so I think they've been very careful in sort of fostering that community and and sort of the interactions between everyone. And it, it certainly shows, which has been nice. That's right. Final Fantasy 14, where you have to role play being a nice person. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I am not the biggest fan of MMOs, right? So yep. I, I've i missed the boat on just about everything uh, Final Fantasy related, 11 and 14. Although I do have fond memories of my college roommate playing this game when it first came out way back in 2010, I believe, is when it first released. Yeah, that sounds about um, right. And he was a big fan. I mean, he was just a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, this is a shout out to uh, Josh, by the way. Yeah, he was a big Final Fantasy fan, played a lot of Eleven, And I remember him playing like, well, I, honestly, I think I like left our dorm. And by the time I came back, he had finished playing it and was like, yeah, it's garbage. Um, and I know that this game has a very storied history. You know, I, I guess I'm... I find that fascinating that, you know, there would be such a attempt to to foster a strong community. But I, I have heard the same thing that, you know, a lot of people think very highly of this game uh, just as a game, period. But yeah. uh, also that the fan base is really quite pleasant. Uh, so, I mean, if this if there were an MMO RPG for me to get into, it might be this. But um you know, it, it raises a, a, a curious question to me, which is, as someone who never played either 11 or 14, like, is the difference between, I guess, maybe, um, like, core mechanics uh, all that stark? I mean, obviously, there, there would be a graphical upgrade, but is this game offering new classes? I mean, is it offering some sort of twist on the sort of gameplay style that 11 had, but uh, with, with more advanced mechanics? I'm just curious if, uh, you, if you think you can answer no, that. No, certainly can't answer that. But just from what I have seen, like, and my, my MMO history is, is you know, quite small as well. I've played WoW um, a couple of times, you know, maybe one or two characters up to level sort of 60 at the time. And, a, you know, so nothing, I, I don't like endgame stuff in, in um, MMOs. I kind of just like the, the general plodding around for the first, you know, 40 to 60 hours. Um, Elder Scrolls Online, same thing. I sort of just, you know, a couple of characters, get them up to almost top level and just be like, all right, now I'm going to start again because I like going through the opening worlds. Um, but what it does do, interesting, it, it, I am finding it's quite, 
quite nice with regards to not holding you down to class, job types, roles, that kind of thing. Like they do take probably the Final Fantasy job system quite literally. Um, and like I said, I'm very early on, so there's there's probably are some limitations later, but it looks like you're able to quite easily jump between, you know, archer, mage, that kind of stuff and and look to when you get to a point, go and level up all those various job types and skills um, and, and explore, you know, the, the lore and the world that's sort of built around those. So that, that probably seems different to MMOs I've dabbled in in the past. You know, something like Elder Scrolls, you, you have your class type and you can certainly go and dabble in crafting and blacksmithing and all that kind of stuff. But just everything being exchangeable um, seems quite unique. Whether they'd done yeah, that in def- FF11, but yeah. Definitely. And I remember a lot of people saying that Final Fantasy Explorers for the 3DS was like a final fantasy 14 light at the time and i know yep. that one of the central mechanics of that game was just being able to jump around and kind of build a, a character in any job uh, that you wanted but also uh, jobs kind of having uh, skills and such that transferred over to other jobs as well so uh i mean i guess yeah when you think of classic like really classic final fantasy that whole job system is something that comes to mind because i'm always curious about in the same way that you have your 2D, 3D Marios, right? You kind of have these like two styles of Final Fantasies, yeah. which is like the one that's like really sci-fi-y and weird and wonky and out there. And then you have the more traditional uh, fantasy sort of stuff. Um, but I guess the job system is always, or jobs, roles, have always been kind of important. Yeah, and, and, and right? thinking on that now, it would have been kind of nice if, I mean, it's like, this is a world they've built, you know? So they've got, what are their names? You know, the, the bunny ear people from Final Fantasy XII um, and a few other sort of races from that Final Fantasy XII. It probably would have been nice if they just said, hey, heck, let's make a world with, you know, the various different character alien species from all the different Final Fantasies across the board. But then they're probably going to have to pull in some lore and do all that kind of stuff. So I understand why they haven't gone down that road, but it would have been nice to, you know, maybe explore... You know, Zidane from Final Fantasy IX, why is he a little monkey man? You know, what's the background there? That kind of stuff would have been interesting. Um, sure. But there's probably other games that, that delve into that in, in some regard. I know something like World of um, Final Fantasy. What is it called? The one with the little chibi characters. Um, yeah, that was World, World of Final yeah, Fantasy. I've never looked into that too much, but I know that certainly sort of explores a lot of the different games all in one place. Um, I mean, then there's Kingdom Hearts, but we won't go there. No. No, we won't. We will not. I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and I've also heard that this game is pretty forward with its fan service, too. Like, I know that they've held events where you fight against certain uh, characters or enemy types from different Final Fantasy games. So I wonder if they'll try yeah. to implement that stuff into the storyline down the line. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And like I said, just just sort of started, so I'll probably, you know... Might might chip in every every couple of weeks, but I think I'll 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 see how I go. I've bought a month of game time. I figured I'll keep going. Of course, then Pokemon came out, so but um, I'll, I'll see how I, I go over the next month. And you know, if I'm still hooked, I might I might bring it up again and sort of talk a bit more to the later game stuff. But if I never mention it again, I got up to about level thirty five and then stopped playing. So there you go. Cool. Um. Well, I guess. I- you know, last last week we did we kind of just went through everybody's uh, games at the same time, 
uh let's let's do it a little differently jeremy what have you been playing oh it's been all golf all the time for me lately uh so i talked last week i was playing rp golf legends um i have completed my play of that um i my thoughts from last week have not changed so i will not belabor the point but all it is to say is that yes there's golf yes there's rpg not enough of either uh, <laughs> needs more depth uh, but the other game that I've been playing uh, it was Mario Golf Super Rush, which I actually got for Christmas, and I was hold, trying to hold off playing it until um, RP Golf Legends was taken care of. Uh, so I've dove, dove in. That's not a word. I've dived into that. Um, it's only a couple-hour campaign, so I've already rolled credits on it. Uh, fun game. Uh, definitely a better golf game than RP Golf Legends. Um, in terms of RPG mechanics... Very limited, you know, the campaign you level up and allocate stat points, and that's about as far as it goes. Uh, most of it is just the game saying, okay, you're at a new area, play the first three courses, great. Now, or the first three holes, okay, now play the first nine holes, okay, now you can play all 18, great, move on to the next area, and that's most of it. Uh, yeah, there yeah. are some more creative ideas that come up towards the end where there's like boss battles and things that were interesting and fun um, and I kind of wish a little bit more effort had been put into the campaign to kind of put more of that stuff in there um, because once that came in it felt mo much more RPG-ish and more entertaining as a single player experience yeah I mean that's when uh, when I think about the promotional material one of the things that really stuck out to me was seeing a clip of a boss battle being like, oh, okay, this is decidedly not golf, even though <laughs> it kind of was. But uh, yeah, it's a shame to hear that that stuff really only appears towards the end there. I mean, did you ever play any of the older uh, campaigns in the older Mario Golf games? Uh, no, I never. The only other Mario Golf I played was the Mario Golf for GameCube. I don't remember there being a story-based campaign there, although maybe I just never did it. Um, the big difference for me between, you know, my previous Mario Golf experience and Super Rush is the actual golf mechanics are a lot different than I remember. Um, I remember in the GameCube version, it was like they would show you a picture of the ball, like in a little window in the corner, and you could like select where on the ball you're going to hit for different like yeah. spins and yeah. angles, which was really intuitive. And I feel like the controls for Super Rush, the way you put different spins and curves on your shots uh, is less intuitive. I think if I had to theorize, that has to do with them trying to pair what you do with motion controls with what you can do with buttons. Um, and that's probably why those changes were made. Uh, but who knows? It was still significantly better golfing experience than RPG Golf Legends. Hmm. Okay. Because I know that the like tennis um mechanics in mario tennis i think at least at, at least since like the 3ds version have become a little bit more nuanced so would you say that the new uh golfing mechanics are are i mean you, you said you don't like them as much but are they scaled back are they less complex or are they still same it feels it's been a long time but it feels like the same amount of complexity um, a little bit different, the curve shots, which I don't think you can do with anybody but your me character, but one of your stats has to do with how much spin you can put on the ball, 
And when you level it up really high, instead of like, oh, you can curve it even more, now you can curve it in segments, and so your ball could zigzag on its way to wherever you shot it towards. Excellent. Because you'll, it'll go one direction yeah. for one fourth, <laughs> another direction for another fourth, um, which is wild. Uh, I haven't gotten very good at using that. I mostly just use it like at the very last second to turn off and get it where I want it. Um, it's probably a little bit too much control for one person to have, too much power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that makes it seem understandable if, if only your me can do that. Yeah. Uh, that that's wild. Yeah. I, I, I do want to jump back to it because I, I got it when it originally came out and probably a bit like Mario Tennis, it just wasn't fleshed out. Um, and I should have learned my lesson for Mario Tennis because I think then over the next you know six months they've put out quite a few updates, new courses, new characters, and, and gameplay tweaks. So you're probably getting it, Jeremy, now while it's in a the best state it's going to be in. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just kind of having it as my background online game for a while. Just be able to hop into a hop into a room and play around a golf with people online. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of hoping for when it did come out because I've you know, dabbled in golfing games before. Uh, Tiger Woods 2005 took a large chunk out of my life. Um, my stepfather and I were playing that religiously for about a year and a half straight. So ever since then, I've always sort of, you know, jumped back into the odd golf game here or there, not in any great form, but probably more just like a Mario, just going, oh, this would be fun, just something to do. Um, I, I fell off really quickly and... I, I've still got it installed. It's still sitting there on the Switch because I want to jump back in. I I don't know what it is. Something just didn't grab me, and I I can't can't work out why. But may, maybe now that they've made some of those updates, I should jump back in. Um, hmm. Well, I guess my question to both of you is: Did you try out the Super Rush mode, or do does the like story campaign even? have super rush the um, story campaign basically forces you into it for the majority of the time you're doing um so you're just constantly doing the i think they call it speed golf um right where you're you hit your ball and you chase after it um that is the majority of the single player campaign you're doing that okay there was also a mode in one of the worlds called cross-country golf where you literally uh, the golf course all of the holes are laid out on a big map and you're just shooting from hole to hole all in one game and like traversing <laughs> what's the closest hole now i'm going to shoot for that one from one course to another <clears throat> or one I mean, hole I to know, another i remember i remember hearing like the dev team talk about uh their design philosophy behind this game and they were like Oh yeah, we took inspiration from Breath of the Wild, and I was like, "Yes, they did." Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that definitely seems like it's that is the equivalent of uh, Breath of the Wild in Mario Golf form, uh, which just seems bizarre. I, I, I think it's just yeah, they they they've got there's a decent game there like Mario Tennis. There's decent mechanics. It's it's good, but they just don't wrap it well. It's they, I don't, do they just not care? Like you, you, Jeremy. I found that the story mode is just very plain. Yes. It's walk up to a Goomba who is, and this is probably a problem with most of the Mario games outside. You know, even like Paper Mario and things. It's just you walk up to a Goomba. He is a Goomba. Why can't this Goomba have some character? Why can't he be fun? Why can't there be something here that's not just hello? I'm a Goomba. I don't know. It's it's funny. It's funny to think that way, right? Because you know. 
I, I remember, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, um, reading an article that was about, uh, I don't want to say the yassification of Mickey, uh, of Mickey Mouse, but they were just kind of talking about how Mickey Mouse doesn't really have much of a personality, but he is I, like he is an yeah. icon. And in some ways, you know, I, I feel like Nintendo at times treats Mario the same way. In that, like, those characters are very much just archetypes and they don't get a lot of characterization. Um, there's not a lot of depth or personality to them. You know, they just easily slot into your sports games and your parties and what have you. Yeah. But then you also look at something like Super Mario Odyssey and it's extremely vibrant and it has a whole lot of character. Um, but I'm not entirely sure if that character comes from mario himself yeah. or just the crazy things that the developers because then i guess you look on the flip side i think the only game probably in the last 10 15 years where someone has gone and done something is mario and rabbits you know you yeah it, it, just because they've obviously they're not taking a goomba and making him a goof they're making a rabbit version and they're inserting more character in but you know you look back to like some of the older mario rpgs and things like that you know, you did have, hey, here's a Goomba with a job. Oh, I keep saying Goombas just because it's easy to say. But, you know, here's a shy guy that wears a hat because he likes tennis. And he's, you know, edgy and funky. It, They, they can, they just, yeah. Because there, there was something recently, I'm sure, that came out around someone having direction about not spicing up the standard Mario characters. I can't remember what it yeah. was reading it last year somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know that the Paper Mario... Uh, the the team who works on paper mario from intelligent systems has mm. been kind of playing things a little bit closer to the chess uh in terms of depicting certain characters in certain ways and i think that's probably the same problem here that just sits you know floating at the surface everything's quite good even paper mario the mechanics are quite good the game's quite good the story's okay but there's just something that they're not you know there's no style if that makes and sense. And I yeah. think maybe that just comes from them wanting this character to be iconic and yeah. easily recognizable um, and for you to not really have to question uh, the, the motivations of the character. So we need Waluigi spin-offs is what I'm hearing. Right. Well, you know, again, if you have these evil versions of these characters that have a little bit more personality, I mean, why not? Uh, why not explore more extreme scenarios with them? It, it, that's what's strange to me too is that uh you know those characters have really been kind of scaled back as well even though i guess you could say like wario where is its own wild and crazy thing that i don't know enough about to comment on but i do know that it's crazy so i'll just leave it at that well said <laughs> well, what, what about you evan what have you been playing okay well, I'll be honest, uh, I, right before this episode started, I was kind of like scrambling to put things together. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I actually play uh, this week? Because this week has been super busy for me. So I haven't had really a whole lot of time to sink into anything. Uh, I will say last weekend uh, after recording, I kind of binged the remainder or the remainder of Nino Kuni 2. Uh, and ended up completing that and it ended a lot sooner than i thought it was uh going to um and maybe that's just because like again wrath of the white witch is the original uh dominion of the dark Jin, 
with an extra story added to the end of it too um and this uh revenant kingdom had some dlc expansions that like require a super high level but i was around level 55 ish maybe to 60 uh, when i completed the game and i was expecting one more twist but it didn't happen so you know kuni 2 it's fine we talked about it last week if you want to go and listen to episode 18 uh no instead i really wanted to talk about a demo that i played this week and this is a game that's been on my radar for a while now and i gotta say after playing this demo i am even more intrigued by it and it's called monarch gentlemen do you have any familiarity with monarch um i've had it sort of on my interest list for the last couple of months since i saw the trailer come up on the the um nipponichi youtube channel um i didn't realize there was a demo out um there is yeah please do tell it's kind of hard to find because if you go to the switch eShop, at least the internet one you can't even find a product page for monarch yet but if you go to the eShop on the switch you can um monarch is a game from former shin megami tensei uh creatives uh, and it's being co-developed with Fu Ryu, who I have a very strange sort of love hateish relationship with. Uh, there are some games that Fu Ryu has created, like The Alliance Alive, uh, that I ha- that I absolutely love. Um, and then there are games like Hero Land or uh, The Caligula Effect that I think have some inkling of a good idea in them, but just don't come together. But uh, upon starting this demo, my fears were kind of washed away. I think that the uh, Shin Megami Tensei creatives know what they want to do with this game, or they knew what they wanted to do, and it really does uh, seem to be coming to fruition. Uh, So Monarch is kind of similar. I mean, it, it gives me vibes of in some ways it gives me vibes of the original Caligula effect, uh, which is you are a, uh, a school person, school boy who kind of wakes up in a school uh, that is plagued by this strange mist. And when normal people, when the normies are in the mist, they start going crazy. Uh, and for some reason you are not going crazy. As a matter of fact, you uh, become a monarch, which is uh, this some some sort of uh, demon-packed uh, user. And with your powers, not only do you create a minion uh, of your own who kind of follows you around and does your every bidding, but you also have some skills uh, of your own that you can utilize in these battles that are, I guess I would say, more strategy uh, than they are um, sort of turn-based. Uh, they do have movement in them, and you kind of have like a, a, a sphere of movement that you can uh, utilize from turn to turn. Uh, and then you have these sorts of abilities that you can utilize. You can either spend uh, HP to use certain abilities, uh, or you can kind of just attack uh, in, a, in a more basic way. And then there's some other mechanics too where you can kind of pass off turns to other people so you can chain a whole lot of uh, attacks or I guess, I guess even turns together, uh, which is kind of neat. 
Um, but the setting is weird. I would say the aesthetic polish is super high. Um, and the other thing that's kind of neat about it is when you first start the game, you do a personality test based on your uh, responses to that personality test. You get a, uh, a stat distribution, which I find pretty fascinating because I kind of completed this just by answering honestly. Yep. And uh, it, it gave me one of those like, you know, horoscope readings you know uh, what? So, sorry to interrupt. I've just had a flashback, Evan. I did download the demo when it was made on the Japanese eShop because I remember ah. getting into doing this survey and going, I don't know what's going on and then dropping yeah. it out. So, yeah, sorry. Carry on. Just had a yeah, flashback. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine uh, if, if you're not uh, all that fluent, uh, it would probably be really irritating. Um, but it gives you the stat distribution. And I kind of felt seen uh, when I got my, my horoscope. Um, but then it really does weigh the responses <laughs> that you've made and, and kind of factors your answers into the seven deadly sins, which are the stats of the game, which I find pretty um, fascinating and weird. Yeah. So certain choices that you make in battle um, actually result in you getting leveled up in these uh, specific seven deadly sin <laughs> stats, uh, which, is, which is also uh, kind of crazy. Um, but I will say too, is that this game has a whole lot of terminology, it has a lot of terms that it needs to familiarize you with, um, or that it feels that it needs to, do, uh, to familiarize you with. And, uh, that's a little daunting, but the, the premise is so compelling, uh, and the mechanics of combat are so, uh, compelling as well, uh, that I can't help, but really want to sink my teeth into this. The only thing I would say, though, is that the rabbit mascot uh, is voice acted and he's absolutely insufferable and it makes me want to turn voice acting off to this game <laughs> because it's so bad. But that's kind of part of the course for uh, uh, NIS game. When's um, uh, when's the game due out? I believe it's due out in March, which is uh, in a lot of ways like shaping up to be a RPG juggernaut uh, month, right? You've got, I believe... I want to say Rune Factory 5 comes out in March, too. I, I think 22nd or something. Yeah. yeah. And you've also got Triangle Strategy and this, too. I think that's that's just off the top of my head. I mean, you also have Kirby, right? But uh, I don't know. I, I Even though you can, in fact, wear a hat that makes you look like Zelda, it is not Zelda, which is also not an RPG. But yeah, so Monarch, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's It definitely occupies that space of like Japanese weirdness that we were kind of talking about the other week with uh, Poison Control. So that's kind of why it's right up my alley. Um, but Nick, have you been playing anything else recently? Uh, like really recently? Very recently. I certainly have. A, yesterday morning, I received a, a text message from EB Games letting me know that my pre-order was ready to pick up. So I... Um, strolled down before work before it got too hot yesterday was about a nice 35 degrees celsius i don't know what that is for you guys i think that's like 85 fahrenheit something like that a million degrees. um yeah a million degrees <laughs> so walked down uh, also i've just checked chocobo grand prix is coming out in march as well so clear your uh, slates yes. that is very exciting um, <laughs> um but no i picked up um pokemon <laughs> legends um I won't try to pronounce that that Pokemon's name because I really don't know how it's pronounced. Arceus, Arceus, 
let's call our, it let's call it our pokemon archus legends um okay. i picked up yesterday and I, i've managed to get about eight or nine hours in so far I, I had quite the uh quite the late night last night so yeah stayed up past midnight watch out yeah, world I think that might be uh that might be what i might be doing as well after yeah we record. <laughs> but no um you know initial thoughts it's 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 certainly different than anything else that's come out um from the pokemon different? team different good different game freak? good different because stop it and stop. I, I can see why they're not labeling this as a mainline game or trying to get away from is. that it, it really is and i think this needs to be the direction that they take the rest of them i mean i'll start with some of the negatives so far um wh- <laughs> okay. whoever did the audio mixing um was an intern and really don't know what they're doing um which is probably present by the uh option in your menu to suppress the highs and lows um oh no and for some reason the the actual like the the sort of round sound mixing seems really strange as well i've never had any issues with my setup but i'm just walking my character and for some reason my footsteps are really loudly coming from the um the rear sound speakers nothing else and it just seems like there's some weird audio layering stuff going on there I've never had any issues with any other games, so I'm not sure what's going on there. The graphics, um, artistically, it looks lovely. Like I, I really like what they've done with the, you know, the look of it, the the townsfolk, the town, towns. I don't know yet. I'm still fairly early in, um, but there is some graphical capabilities there. Like the pop in is quite intense. You'll notice it within your first five minutes. You'll be walking up, and the mountains on the horizon will all just pop in their textures. And it's not right in the distance. It's kind of, you know, two thirds of the way. Um, so it's enough that you're noticing it as you're walking around in the overworld, which can be a bit annoying. Um, it seems to have slowed down a little bit now that I'm out of the opening areas. Um, okay. But a- outside of that, like it's, I- I'm really enjoying myself. The 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 story, the gameplay, um, it- it's very different um, than your previous Pokemons. And I sort of had questions going into it of, you know, you look at some of the trailers and it looked like when you're interacting with the the wild Pokemon, sometimes you are just throwing Pokeballs, sometimes you're having battles and it's, you know, it's a bit structured. You sort of create those scenarios, which is really nice. You know, you walk up, you see a Psyduck in the, in the wild. You could either throw a Pokeball at the guy or you could throw a Pokeball holding a Pokemon at the Psyduck, which would initiate a, a, a turn-based battle. Um, where that gets interesting is the overall gameplay is not, and you know, it's not really spoilers, but it, it's not collecting gym badges. It's not, it's not collecting eight of this thing that you have to go around to the different towns and do, because in the time frame in which the game is based, those things don't exist. You know, people right. people are coming up to you and going, "Hey, I can't believe you keep Pokemon in Pokeballs." You know, why don't you just befriend them like everyone else? So you're sort of at this cutting edge of this technology that's being um, developed, which is which is quite exciting. And really the driving force behind the game loop is filling your Pokedex. And it's not a catch, catch a Weedle. It's you've got a list of activities because you're essentially a Pokemon researcher. And it might be, ah, you need to catch five Weedle, um, you know, catch however many Weedle, catch them without being seen, um, see them use string shot, see them die to an electric attack like there's all these different subtasks of things to do for every single pokemon and that's how you accrue points and accrue your pokedex evaluation which sort of levels you up and helps progress the story 
So that's that's quite interesting. And I'm I'm struggling to get my head to that because, you know, normally in a Pokemon game, you get, we'll say, two, three gyms in, all your Pokemon are overleveled and you just use your main Pokemon and you can just blast through the gym. It's great. I'm, I've gotten my second star of, I think it's about 10 stars in, in my Pokedex level. And I'm three or four levels under level of all the wild Pokemon I'm encountering. So I'm, I'm struggling a bit and I think I'm not, I haven't quite grasped how to level up my Pokemon. (laughs) If that makes sense. Don't you get experience from catching Pokemon? You do. And I've, you know, I'm filling it in. I've obviously, I've I've gotten the two, I'm I'm getting the the Pokedex upgrades enough to move on to the next levels. I'm almost at the third star um, quite early in, but it just seems like it's not really leveling up your Pokemon at the rate that previous games have done. Um, whether I, there's something else in the gameplay I'm missing as well, or I just need to start spending more time and really, uh, you know, I'm a, I might catch five Geodudes guy. Maybe I need to actually be catching a hundred Geodudes um, because there oh, are certainly wow. bits in the Pokedex to, you know, get a point <laughs> for catching 50 Geodudes or catching, um, seeing 40 Geodudes come out of the ground, you know, things like that. Almost Pokemon Snap-esque Um um, I'm not sure I, I like uh, a, a reality where I need to catch 50 Geo dudes personally. We but, don't need um, to, but it's it's certainly if if you want right. to if if you want the 100% speedrun record, Evan, you'll be catching uh, 50 Geo dudes. So. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what an uh, an R blankus uh, uh, speedrun. Yeah, is a, a, like. a 100% speedrun of this is going going to be something to behold. Um, they're just gonna they're just gonna throw pokeballs in every direction and hope uh, the, one hits. pretty much but then you, you can't even do that because you've got to then a lot of the time you've got to catch the pokemon from a battle as opposed to just catching it in the wild like to tick off the the various different um pokedex yeah so i think there's a lot there it, it's very exciting um technical problems aside which frustrate me because i mean they are the largest media franchise on the entire freaking planet um, you think they could hire a couple of people that can work this out. Um, they won't. That's probably why they're the largest media franchise on the entire planet, because they don't waste their money. Yeah, as, um, long as, they keep, as long as they keep selling, they're not going to put in more effort. I- exactly right. Um, but no, it's. But, I'm, I'm certainly it, hoping there's more to the world. That's my biggest hope at this point, about seven hours in. More towns, that kind of stuff. I just haven't seen that yet, but hoping it's there. Feels like a step forward? 100%. And I, I fell off, um, you know, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl so quickly. Um, I think I, I played it the week we talked about it. I'd again seven, eight hours, but I was dragging myself through those hours to talk about it. I, I think the standard Pokemon gameplay loop is drying out on me very quickly. Um, well, here's what I, so here's what I will say, Nick. Hmm. Um, uh, you might need to go back to that game to get information for a quest that exists in this game uh, I, I did hear that uh, on on the inter interwebs well, i'm sure i can find the answers to that on the interwebs as well <laughs> you could probably do that too but uh if you want to be a real pokemon fan yes you're gonna go back um the, the um, interesting thing though is not a lot of trainer battles yeah well again you you are in a time period yeah right, where the relations are, are not that strong. so i think i've had maybe four or five um there's certainly some other different battle types like you're almost engaging in boss battles which is interesting because it's not just use your pokemon it's actually run around the level dodge their attacks and do some things so that's that's been quite interesting definitely a step in the right direction 
Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to sinking my teeth into this later. You're you're making me want to play it very badly. Excellent. Actually, right now. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that it, it gives off a good first impression. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything else that you've been playing? Uh, only other thing of note this week, and I'll keep this brief because it's not a video game. It's actually a board game. I've been playing uh, Vast the Crystal Caverns. Uh, so this game made quite a splash when it first came out a couple years ago. Um, since then, an expansion and a sequel have come out that have kind of drawn the attention away from the core game. Uh, but this is my first real deep dive into it. I played it a few times back in the day. Uh, but I had a game night the other night, and a bunch of me and a few friends played. And then it's actually a game that you can play solo. So I've been dabbling with the solo mode a little bit. Um, it's super fun. Uh, it's a very complicated, it's an asymmetric game, so there's all these different characters who have their own roles, uh, as they kind of go about exploring, uh, a cave, so you can play as a dragon who's asleep in the cave, who's trying to wake up and escape, as a knight who's there to slay the dragon, as goblins who live in the cave who are trying to kill the knight, as a thief who's come there to loot treasure, and then the final role that a player could choose from is the cave itself, whose goal is to make sure that nobody escapes and the cave collapses in on them. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and you can play any combination of these roles. The only one you can't play solo is the cave, because, you know, if the cave's left to its own devices, it's going to be <laughs> it's, peaceful and happy like a, a rock. a very long game of just sitting there and relaxing and yeah. listening to the babbling brooks. Yeah, but the rules come with, like, all these different variations of, like, okay, if you're a goblin and a dragon, here's how you interact with each other. If you're the thief and the knight, here's how you interact with each other. It's just the two of you in the game. Um, and any combination from one to five players. So it's really robust, um, really well put together. Um, so I'm enjoying it quite a bit, just dabbling with a single player. And I'm sure I will have another multiplayer game of it at some time in the near future. You know, again, you're, you're, you're doing a great job of teasing this to me because I can't even imagine like what sort of gameplay this uh, develops from this, right? <laughs> like what sort of systems are being utilized, even if it's dice-based or not. I mean, so thank you for, for piquing my interest. Yeah, the, the uh, ideas about playing the dragon, playing the cable, that kind of stuff yeah. is quite fascinating. Yeah, each character um, has their own mechanics. Some of them have progression mechanics. Some of them do not. Uh, very interesting. So just check it out. We won't we won't belabor it on the video game podcast, but I figured I'd mention I, it. I will it chime in though now that we're having the board game hour. Um, oh, I, no, I, I, oh, no! I, I packed away Hands of Fate, having not played it. So, <laughs> ah. um, but it does have a single player mode in the Hands of Fate board game. So you've maybe I will set it up. I'll, I'll set a desk up in a room out of the way because I was using the dining room table before. Well, if we're talking about, like, good, honest role-playing experiences in board game form, I just want to say that uh, at some point in my lifetime, I actually want to play a decent campaign of Gloomhaven. Uh, I know that the base uh, game it's, it is pretty hefty in terms of price point, which is why I've held off on getting it for, for so long, but uh, Gloomhaven is very much a traditional uh, sort of tabletop rpg experience in a box which i think is really cool um have either of you ever heard of or played it uh heard of on the wish list probably will never get around to <laughs> yeah 
again, the price point is prohibitive. I had some friends that did own it um, when I lived in the previous city I lived in. Moved out of that city, so yeah. Yeah, I've, I've played like a good chapter of it, and obviously by the time I walked away from that, I was like, this game is great. But I will also say it is the most daunting game to set up I think I've ever seen, um, which was why uh, your, your mention of Hand of Fate uh, reminded me of that, because... I do want to say, like, yep. the setup for this game is at least 45 minutes to an hour long. Which is scary. Yeah, and, uh, you, you know, you, then you got to think about what's the first time you're setting it up. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be... I, I think that's yeah. where I'm still in that loop with Hand of Fate, because every time I set it up is basically the first time. So it's it's at least an hour and a half to two hour setup. Right, yeah. In a perfect world, it would just be open there in the corner, and I wouldn't have a cat who would destroy it, but that's we don't live in a perfect world which is good because i love my cat um the last game that i would mention before we get into our quests just very quickly is guild of ascension uh this is a roguelike that is strategy uh oriented and you are simultaneously playing two characters uh, as they sort of progress through this tower that uh, ascends uh, quite obviously um, but the way that battles unfold in this game is uh, it is a grid-based strategy game. And you actually, uh, it's not, well, I mean, it is turn-based, but it is very active turns in that you get around, I'd say as a start, you get 10 seconds of action time to move a unit from one place to the next. And you can... um you can change the order of, of who goes first of your two playable characters uh, before you start a skirmish. But really, once you do start one, uh, you get to move your two characters, then all the enemies get to attack you, and then you reset and you only have that time to move and attack them okay. uh, again. It's, uh, it's a weird game. I've never played something quite like it, and uh, they don't even really give you a planning phase before you get to uh, perform your actions. You get like maybe I'd say about five seconds to look at the board as it stands before you launch into your active turn. And uh, that's novel, but I don't know if I think that it's a good idea just yet. Um, and that might be counterbalanced by the game being rather easy. So here I am thinking that it was going to be super complex because I would have to worry about all these choices to make, but uh, that doesn't really seem to be the case. So I don't know if either of you are curious about this game at all. Um, there's not much else I can say about it really because I've only sunk a little bit of time into it. Any thoughts? Yeah, so I want to have looked into deeply what you say does sound interesting. Um, I think I need to like go watch a trailer or something. Yeah, and I, I would say, too, that uh, in terms of, like, promotional material, it looks really nice from the outside, but when I finally got my hands on it, it did feel a little clunky. It's also a little buggy, too. Uh, on a couple of occasions, I've been locked out of doing any action and just my turn being, like, my character spamming their attack. Uh, no. And if you're not next to anybody, uh, then that's a waste of a turn. It's kind of a shame. But with all of that out of the way, I guess we can move into our quests. And Excellent. I look forward to hearing this. Yeah, this is going to be a rip, 
roaring good time. So before we get into the, uh, for lack of a better word, absolute shit show that is uh, <laughs> Nick and I's quest. Jeremy, would you like to uh, get your quest out of the way? Yeah, so I had a bit of trouble coming up with what I was going to talk about here. I had a few Oh, oh you, you had trouble? You had trouble <laughs> this week? Really? So in- I'm so excited to hear what you guys did. Um, so my quest was an RPG series that you could just never get into. Um, so I had a couple of options. One of them was uh, Disgaea. Mainly, the barrier of entry for me there is the same as what most people would say, that it's extremely grindy. Um, I play. I have uh, Disgaea 4 on my PS3 that I tried twice to play and stalled out um, probably like, I don't know, like 10 hours in each, which is like a drop in a bucket for the amount of hours you need to put into one of those games to get the full enjoyment out of them. Uh, but then Disgaea 6 came out last year for the Switch, uh, and I really, really enjoyed that one. And the only reason I put it down is because I got sidetracked. <laughs> so I need to loop back around that one. So I, it feels dishonest. Is that a lot more, I guess, I just, I know it's going off the on a tra- trail here, but is that a lot more user-friendly in the beginning? Because I did get, was it Disgaea 4 that came out on the Switch? Or no, 5? When it first launched? 5 and 6. Yeah, well, so 5 f- I do think when it first launched. Yeah, yeah. and is I... I I kind of just seem to have gotten myself in a rut early on because there's that many different things you can be doing. Does does six sort of hold your hand a bit better? Or is it still fairly, here's a million things you can go and level up? Six does still have a billion things for you to do. Uh, but the big difference between six and four for me um, is that six has a lot of quality of life features built in that take the grinding and makes smooths over the edges. Um for instance, it has auto-battle, which you can not just auto-battle, but you can literally program your units to do a certain like sequence of actions. So like, if there's a treasure chest, he's going to go after the... It's like a whole flowchart. If there's a treasure chest, yeah, go for okay. that. If oh, there's cool. someone dying, go for that. And then you can set it to not just auto-battle, but auto-repeat this battle and do it again. Ah, uh, cool. All right. You no, can adjust good. the difficulty of battle. So as your characters like set your switch down for an hour, run that battle a bunch of times, get a ton of experience come back, do whatever party management you need to do. You can go back to another battle and crank up the difficulty so you're getting more experience for each of the enemies and just go right back into it. Um, So the grinding is you can automate. So really the game becomes more about it's basically like a party management simulator more than a tactical RPG. Um, I might have a a nosy. So it, it was fun. I just, I had a bunch of other games on my docket at the time. And so while I was doing a lot of auto battle and Disgaea while playing other things, <laughs> I just got out of it. Anyways, so that is not the game I wanted to, the series I wanted to talk about. Because I feel like I've finally gotten into it. I just need to get it yep. back to it from my backlog. The series I settled on is another tactical series. And that series is Fire Emblem. Oh. Ah. Which feels weird to say because I really do enjoy Fire Emblem. Uh, the problem that hits me with this is... I really loved, like, really loved the first game that came to the U.S. on the GBA. Like, one of my favorite games. Fantastic. Not so much the case with every other Fire Emblem game I've tried to get into. For whatever reason, I keep trying to get back into that series, and I hit a wall every time, and I really think it comes down to all of the superfluous stuff 
that there is to do, all of the relationship building, and oh, here's your camp, build out your camp, and it starts to feel like a mobile game rather than, you know, an RPG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like I get stuck doing all of that stuff, and I can't really get into the rest of the game. You know, it's uh, to to just jump off of what you're saying. It's funny to compare this series to Pokemon, which is one that has kind of maintained a status quo of what you will be doing in it across entries, because as Fire Emblem has become more popular, it seems like they've added more features to kind of make it a more prestige game. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uh, This is a this is a, a series that I have been for a long time. Uh, hoping to use for this quest <laughs> because because yeah i i don't really have time for this stuff i like the strategy element but i find all that other stuff to be too fluffy see it's funny because i i'm not really into strategy games at all so but i three houses i sunk so much into that um my wife saying she'd not seen me like that with a game since breath of the wild came out you know, like waking up to try and squeeze in half an hour before I go to work, that kind of stuff. Um, I absolutely loved it. And I, I enjoyed the strategy stuff, um, but I, I think I really enjoyed the world building and the story, um, especially they're hearing the... And I, I went through three game three. I played it three times so I could hear... I know there's four stories there, but, you know, three's enough um, to actually hear the story from the different sides of the fence um, as you go through. Which I, sure. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd never even tried a Fire Emblem game before. Um, so it wasn't a... I don't know what I'm getting into. It's just I wasn't really playing a lot of RPGs on the 3DS and and before that. So I just went, yeah, let's, let's do it. There's not much coming out at this time. Well, my first Fire Emblem that I completed was actually Awakening. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I, I demoed some of the other games and I just wasn't really feeling them, vibing with them. And I have Shadows of Valencia um, just kind of sitting in my backlog. And I hear that that is the most RPG-esque Fire Emblem. Uh, probably prior to Three Houses coming out, that was the most, uh, that that held that moniker. And I'm not really sure if, if people would compare them um, all that favorably anymore. But that was kind of the reason that I was that I was curious about that game was because I wanted to see what a more RPG-ish uh, fire emblem looked like but uh yeah yeah i don't know yeah any other thoughts about fire emblem jeremy i we kind of uh we wrestled your quest from your from your uh grass <laughs> yeah so. i think like i've heard so many good things about three houses and like i wanted to get it so bad but i played both what was it um both the 3ds releases i bought and tried to play multiple times and couldn't get myself into well you've got awakening you've got Fates, yeah awakening right? and fates were the two um shadows of valencia yep but the i think the other thing that bothers me and i've heard other people complain about this is the player character insert where i really liked how in the original i'm going to call it the original even though it's not the original the first version i played was the the player character was a tactician who's kind of tagging along, but they're not part of the story. Yeah. Um, and so it was really character focused on the characters that are there. Um, so like 
you feel you grow attached to them. And then I feel like that same level of depth does not come across with the characters in the latest games, at least for me. So th- Three Houses is exactly like that. Basically, you are a teacher at the school. Um, you pick your class. You know, you're the silent protagonist. Um, but yeah, it is about getting to know your classmates. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some aspects of Fire Emblem that make it a little bit bit daunting and i actually played awakening on hard with permadeath uh, and you best believe i was safe stating the hell out of that game i can imagine uh, there was no way there was no way that i was losing any character until i kind of it until i got to the point right where there were so many support conversations that were happening that i was just like you know what it's okay if some people die (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is a a deranged statement from me but that is definitely the mood that it's I'm funny because i had sort of an op- opposite i as i sort of went into it i was i was starting to really enjoy some of the characters i found myself dropping the difficulty and the permadeath options off the further i got into it because i just did not want to risk missing out on the side stories the little you know vignettes between the characters yeah sure and i, I think there are kind of two camps of fire emblem uh fans that exist right now which are kind of hardcore fans who like the difficulty and the strategy elements of it and then there are the people who like the new character interactions i I, at least i have heard from some circles that those are the the camps that have developed and i'm sure that there are people who you know like both elements uh evenly or equally um, but I also will say that I'm not the biggest fan of grid-based strategy either. And of the Fire Emblem games that I have played, which admittedly is is few, but I've never really found that they've used that sort of grid-based uh, terrain in a way that that really made my ears perk up. You know, I've played uh, strategy games like Children of Zodiacs, which is extremely... Uh, three-dimensional and kind of all over the place with its mechanics um, and very kinetic and I just didn't get that sort of same energy from from any Fire Emblem map that I ever played and again you you know I, I have seen some instances of people saying oh well you can drop a bridge in three houses and I'm like cool doesn't make me want to play it though yeah I'm I'm probably a bit the same with regards to strategy RPGs it's not something that Maybe because, you know, we talk about things earlier, Evan, like um, Caligula Effect and, and I forget the name of it, what, Monarch. But, you know, they introduce something quite unique. We think back to Caligula and that, that time mechanic um, just just thrown into fairly standard JRPG turn-based battles. You know, I, I haven't I mean, seen too many strategy RPGs that are flipping it on the head and introducing something that's... And, and they're probably out there. And, Jeremy, I mean, you've played, by the sounds of it, more strategy RPGs than the two of us together um but yeah i'm always ready and willing to jump into one it's hard for me to find one that i truly fall in love yeah. with mainly because final fantasy tactics has tainted my expectations right yeah that's that's a, another thing too and that's not even a game that i've gotten all that much into uh, ever uh, but I, I i tend to feel that sometimes a lot of strategy games end up really having those you know similar turtling mechanics or um i I don't know they lean too much into certain like kinds of of archetypes or uh weapon triangles or what have you to the point where i I don't know if i I feel like the strategy is all that that deep 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass right now. Maybe I should just shut up. Um, but maybe that's where disguise is what you need in your life, Evan. I don't know though, because like again, I hear about what disguise does, which is just like you can make these unstoppable, unkillable gods. I, I think what what it really intrigued me originally with that was. The whole, I think I saw a video once and he was talking about, you know, you've got a chocolate bar, which is, you know, gives you 30 plus health. You can enter into the chocolate bar and perform dungeons within that level to level up the item to then increase its use outside of the items dungeon world. I know. Like it's just, yeah. But yeah, it's probably the battle mechanic (laughs) doesn't change is really the... It's just, it's weird to me. It's weird and, you know, sometimes like especially with these games too sometimes the amount of units that you have control of is a little bit too much for me like i get stressed out by having to take care of too many uh, elements on this uh, on the battlefield it's why again i love codename steam which is in what i would consider to be a tactics game right uh you've only got four playable characters on any map uh, and they can do very very specific things uh, which is really cool, at least I, I think so. Um, and that really that allowed me to like kind of focus my attention. Uh, I don't know, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I maybe I have a bad or short attention span. Uh, maybe it's a strategy games for me. But uh, again, I am usurping Jeremy's quest. So Jeremy, is there anything else that you'd like to say about Fire Emblem? No, I think we covered it. I am so excited to get into the quest the combined quest that you all had to partake in. I, I, I really like to think we've just picked the one game, the same game, because there's only one game in existence that meets the criteria. Uh, is there? I mean, listen, when we talked about this uh, kind of last weekend, uh, we were, you had mentioned that you found something from the, what is the title of this book again? The Essential Guide to Japanese RPGs or something like that? I think that's it, yep. Uh, And so I actually, I do own a copy of that. And so (laughs) almost in defiance of you, I started flipping through that myself. Excellent. And I came across a number of, um, of games that sounded really intriguing to me. And I'm not going to lie, like, I was reading through this, and I don't know, I guess my first read-through of this book, I kind of, I walked away with a little bit of a negative impression. Yeah. But that's just because there are certain sections of it that I think are really reductive, and I think they lean in a little bit too hard into some series that I don't particularly like. <coughs> Final Fantasy! Um, uh, but, uh... You know, there were a couple of games that, that stuck out to me. Uh, games like Shadowbrain, uh, Sorcerian, uh, Popful Mail, and uh, I also saw Sweet Home, too, uh, in in this uh, book. And Sweet Home is more of just like, it's the uh, progenitor of, um, of Resident Evil. But uh, before we get into what we settled on, I guess it's important that we talk about, again, the lovely qualifier for this quest yes. so we alchemized uh two quests together uh nyx was playing rpg that was uh released no actually yep, that's other way around yep. it was mine yeah to play an rpg uh that first released before 1990 
and Nick was an RPG that you think does not qualify as an RPG. So we combine them. Uh, and I gotta say, this is uh, this was a terrible thing to do. I, yeah, I have to admit, when I went away on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night, um, Sunday, I was quite frustrated with myself. And and simply to you, and it's interesting going back to that book, Evan, because I think I, I got to the same point as you. I've read that book up to about the halfway point where it starts to get into all the Final Fantasy stuff, and I kind of just tape it off the book. Um, yeah. So, but I, I started flicking through the back half of that book where it's got, you know, all the the, the obscure Wii RPGs and DSRP, that kind of stuff I really want to get back to and, and start reading. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, stuff but, that we couldn't play for exactly, this quest. But, but interestingly, <laughs> and I think the takeaway I had was, you know, a lot of RPGs that were sort of put together, you know, late 80s um, were, you know, they all sort of followed that Dungeons and Dragons or Ultima style of RPG. And then you started to branch out and you had some RPGs that did their own thing. Maybe there was less of a focus on narrative or more of a focus on character building. But then also quite a few games that were heralded as RPGs that just this day and age would just be considered not an RPG, you know, more a platformer with RPG elements, that kind of stuff. Um, which is... Yeah. Yep. 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 So who, yes. who, who wants to go first? You, please okay. go first. <laughs> I, I picked a game. Um, now, of course, needing to play the game as well. I wanted to make sure I could get access to it somewhere, legally, of course. Um, sure. The game I selected came out in November of 1989. Meets uh, a criteria. Really close. The box art had the words role-playing game plastered across the top of it. Um, and it came out for the TurboGrafx-16. Oh, really? It is the game Newtopia. Ah, I've heard about this game. Yes, so, so tell tell me a little bit about Newto- it. for those playing at home that do keen to look into Newtopia is available on the Wii or the Wii U. Um, I don't know which of those stores are still available. I think maybe the Wii U is, um, but it's also on the Turbo Graphics Mini. So I had myself a Turbo Graphics Mini, which I um, dusted off and jumped onto. And bit of context for this game: it's a Zelda clone. So I thought I'm going to pick a game that Evan cannot argue against. <laughs> In any way. <laughs> nineteen eighty I mean the only technicality you could get me on was that the Western release was in nineteen ninety. But you know. So it's it's yeah. it's a Zelda clone good. released on the Turbo Graphics. Um released after Zelda One, but released before Link to the Past. So it, it's and playing it, it's actually an incredible hybrid of if you said to someone, hey, can you take Zelda 1 and can you take Link to the Past and find me somewhere in the middle? Because I like I personally find Zelda 1 very hard to play. The graphics are harsh. The the lack of anything is harsh. You know, it's just moving from box to box and blowing up walls and hoping you find things. Whereas something like A Link to the Past, you know, there's quite a nice story in there. You've got worlds, you've got characters, you've got people you're interacting with at a, at a higher level. Um, this really finally sits in between the two. Um, you know, if Zelda 2 was r- taken away and you put in Utopia, I think you wouldn't really question it. Um, it, it plays very much like Zelda 1, you know, moving from square to square um, as you interact with the world. Fairly simple story. There's eight medallions that need to be found through the world. Gameplay is identical as Zelda. 
you know, I collected some bombs. I, I had a wand. Dungeons were basically go to the dungeon, collect the map, which in this game was an orb, which would give you visibility of all the map. Find the key in the chest to get into the boss room. Perform the boss battle. Get the medallion. Leave the dungeon. Um, it, it, it certainly does a few things quite nicely, though. The music... I found really catchy and this might be a turbo graphics thing. I've never really dabbled into the music of the turbo graphics, you know, the sounds of the, the NES, the super Nintendo, the mega drive, they're all very familiar for me, but what was coming out of this game was quite different given they would have had different graphics cards or that kind of thing. I was really impressed with the music. It was kind of limited though. So once you're in the overworld for so long, you do start to hear a lot of repetition. I did end up just putting the game on mute for a while. Um, but always sort of unmuting when I'd enter a dungeon, face a boss battle, because they were always really quite catchy. And I, probably something I might jump onto YouTube and actually just have a listen to the soundtrack. Um, big problems with the game, though. There's not a lot of, um, I guess we'll, we'll use the word biomes, you know. It, all the overworld, all the dungeons kind of just looked the same. Um, the dungeons, and I only did like the first two, and then youtube a couple more because the game can be beaten in about two hours um but i'd played for an hour and a half and was still in the first boss fight so i got after that it was and part of that is my gripes with the yeah so the overworld the dungeons are all fairly samey from what i saw going through youtube and watching some playthroughs the overworld does evolve quite a bit towards the end of the game which is nice but the dungeons are all still looking very much gray square with, you know, obstacles like Zelda. There's a block here. There's a block there. You've got to move that block or you've got to walk that bridge to get into the door. You enter the room. The bad guys are there. The doors all lock. You have to kill the four bad guys. The doors unlock. Um, outside of that, though, the hitbox was really bad. On, I'm not sure if this was in the original or something to do with the Turbo Graphics Mini. I wouldn't assume so because they seem fairly you know, close to, to the original, but the hitbox on trying to attack enemies seemed very, very fine. And given your, you know, your grid movement up, down, left, right, you did really have to sort of nudge yourself down, aim left, aim right at the bad guys. Um, there wasn't a lot of flexibility, which started to get a bit, bit grating when, you know, you're dying in a dungeon boss you go back to the start of the dungeon, you've undone your puzzles and things, but as you enter all the rooms, the ones where you've got to kill 10 bad guys to unlock the door, you've still got to do that. And it tends to be the rooms with 10 little fiddly guys that you've then got to muck around and and try to beat. But for, for all intents and purposes, it is a, like if you were trying to get someone to appreciate Zelda 1 and they just can't get past the graphics, the, the, the look of it, honestly, I'd say jump on Utopia. It's, it is a Zelda 1.2. And I think I might like having not played the original Zelda back in the day, I can't go back to it now. I just find it clunky, but this, this was a very nice, um, step up. Um, other than that, the only other things to share are I did find Utopia 2 came out. Um, unfortunately it came out a little bit after Link to the Past and it's pretty much identical to Utopia 1. So it really didn't do that well and didn't seemingly go anywhere else. Looking into it, it looks like Newtopia 3 was on the cards at some point, but just fell apart and never happened. Um, but that, my friends, is Newtopia for the TurboGrafx-16.
Cool. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> I was going to ask yeah, if I'd... you uh, had finished it. We were planning on finishing it, but it sounds from your description that the answer is uh, no. No, I, I don't think. I like it's every now and again. It's certainly a game now that I wouldn't mind jumping back to because it's not as obtuse as Zelda 1. It's pretty much, you know, you've got to drop bombs on hidden panels in the walls. But unlike Zelda 1, they mark the walls where the bombs need to drop all the time. Um, so cool. it was it was a lot more streamlined. And looking at it, a, a speed run is about 50, 58 minutes. So I, I might watch a speed run just to see what's going on there because... You know, those older games, speedruns are always quite enjoyable. But at 58 minutes, I don't think there's going to be too much in there. Because a, a regular playthrough I saw of someone was about two and a half hours. Hmm. Yeah, it might just be optimization. Yeah. yeah. De- what, what about you, Evan? Where did you, uh, where did we land? Well, let me, let me just say this, first off. There are some games that I would have loved to play for this. As a matter of fact, there are some games that I own that I would have loved to play for this quest. One of them being uh, Faxanadu, uh, which uh, was released in Japan on November 16th, 1987. Uh, released in North America in August of 1989. And I guess eh, you can't really count it for uh, European territories, uh, but December 28th, 1990 was the release date there. Um, I mean, you, you said it, uh, quite well yourself, uh, with Newtopia. Faxanadu is often <laughs> likened to, uh, Zelda in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, it's a side-scrolling action-adventure game, uh, with some, you know, emphasis on NPCs and, and whatnot. Uh, I own this game, uh, but for some reason... Uh, well, I shouldn't say for some reason. I was busy as hell this week. Uh, really was. And so even some of those games that I listed before uh, were games that I was really fascinated in that had really simplistic design. Uh, and when we talk about RPGs released before 1990, right, we're talking about games that are kind of early in the game renaissance, yeah. so to speak. And when, you know, back when we first had this uh, this conversation... Um, about a certain series being uh, an RPG or not. Uh, you know, Jeremy did say it best when he said that, you know, a lot of action-oriented uh, games back then uh, were really simplistic, and, you know, some people might have likened them to RPGs, uh, but because they had that action element, they were considered action RPGs, but uh, they, they didn't really have much depth uh other than that uh and so like early on right a game like zelda might have been considered an rpg but the way that zelda has evolved since uh the nes uh or i I shouldn't even say the nes days i mean since those uh 80s maybe early 90s days is it hasn't it hasn't refined its rpg uh gameplay beyond what was kind of established really early on um and so you know i i will concede that to you jeremy i guess what i'm saying is in the interest of time and actually having something to have played for this week's quest 
I may or may not have booted up a certain game from a certain series. So I ended up playing Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Uh, and You're I mean, listen. <laughs> I could have played the original Zelda, um, but I think that's even less of an RPG. I, I mean, honestly, I should have played the original Zelda because I think it's less of an RPG. Um, I would just Zelda say 2's. play Newtopia now. There's no need to play the original Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, listen, before Breath of the Wild came out, I actually went back and played every uh, Zelda game uh, just so I could get a, a good handle on what how I would rank certain uh, entries in the series before playing breath of the wild and after as well um and i remember going back to the original zelda and liking it a lot but not really getting a whole lot of um depth in in kind of like even freedom of exploration from that game i mean i think that it was very expansive for the time that it came out um and its legacy has its legacy of being expansive has preceded it uh, but I still enjoyed it very much. Uh, in the same way, Ad- Adventure of Link is a weird game. You know, there are various, there is very clearly an experience system here. But the, the thing that I would say about the experience system in this game is you could grind uh, in this game as much as you wanted to. I honestly don't really feel like the experience system impacts the difficulty of this game in any way. Like, I feel like this game is just super hard, (laughs) no matter how much time you put into that system. And, uh, like, really, it's the twitchy action uh, elements of this game that make it uh, more of an action adventure than it is an RPG. I mean... Yes, you can learn some spells to cast on yourself, which is great. Um, you're not really playing as any particular, you know, sort of class, right? You're just kind of gaining more abilities uh, to be this hero of time, which I, I guess you could consider a, a class in its own right. But, uh, you know, again, there's some really simplistic sort of foundational stuff going on in here and so you you look back at this game in particular and when i do look back at this game i say yes this is the closest that i think the series ever got to being an rpg back then but i mean the game that followed it is very unlike this game you know it, it almost takes away yeah. all the stuff that i think would would make this more legitimately an RPG than A Link to the Past might be, or even Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda before it. Um, so, yeah, I will say, truly, this is a cop-out for me. Excellent. Neg- negative role I'm, it is. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> um, life life comes at you fast sometimes, yep. and I. but I also will say, uh, you know, I, I was very determined to play something legitimately, and again, if I had just had like a little bit more time and effort, I could have pulled out Faxanadu and really given that game a uh, a good tr- try. Um, and it's something that I want to do. And so I think it, it only 
it's only fair that I, I do give it a good honest shake and, and at least come back to it on this podcast at some point. But um, in the interest of making sure that we are moving ever forward and having more and more conversations, I did want to acknowledge that, yes, I can see where you're coming from with Zelda 2. <laughs> no, that's good. And, and I think I... You know, I'll, I'll say it now because odds are I'm probably going to get the play an RPG first release before 1990 boss battle. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely do want to dabble into some of that early, you know, early to mid 1980s Japanese computer RPG stuff. Um, you know, when they were first sort of setting up the genre and, you know, some of it is so old now you can just find websites that are just running the games. Um, but it's, yeah. Some of them are also so clunky that it's is it even worth looking back that far other than to get an understanding of, you know, oh, here's the the first game where, um, you know, character portraits or, or item equipment, that kind of stuff was utilized well. But yeah, the, yeah. the only thing, I think, the, I think the thing that kind of shot me in the foot for this really is, again, going back to this idea of, well, things were more simple back then. Yeah. And RPG was a really simple thing. And so, like, trying to argue that something wasn't an RPG because it lacked the complexity of the genre is kind of like... Well, your argument saying, almost becomes it's not an RPG today. But it right, was yeah. an RPG. And I think that's probably the distinction that is is a fair distinction to be allowed to make. Which is a hell, it's a hell of a semantics thing to yeah. do. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair to any of those earlier games. Well, because um, it's funny, if you took the earlier definition and you looked at some games like, you know, let's take Hyrule Warriors, so, something like that would, no doubt, if you distilled that down to its core mechanics, probably fall into the role-playing genre. I mean, I, I would consider, I would consider a lot of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I, I consider that series uh rpgs i, yeah. I really but do then, but then you start branching even things like bayonetta because there are similarities in regards to the action and how all that yeah. works it's yeah it, i think it I was that. rpg was just a very loose catch-all back then with regards to now it's probably a little more refined but is it i mean again because we mm. can have the semantics argument right uh where you can say like oh well if Hyrule Warriors, which has action uh, mechanics, is uh, an yeah. RPG. Then why isn't Bayonetta? You know, so yeah. which I, I think I we know. should just turn this into the turn-based JRPG podcast. No, no, I don't <laughs> like that. Plus strategy what, RPGs, would... so Jeremy can regale us. There you go. I think it it's uh, it does a disservice to the wider genre, and also like again, one one of the things that I really want to do as someone who uh, need, feels the need to play more RPGs is to play things that I am not familiar with, which I, I would say I am more familiar with turn-based stuff. Um, and it's, it is the Western RPGs. It's the uh, fallouts and elder yeah. scrolls. I was going to say, we, we need to get you. Well, that's the thing. Later this year, we've got Starfield coming out in November. So we'll, we'll have to get you. Yeah, kitted well, I'm, up, not, I'm not up. playing that on my switch. Man. We'll have to get you <laughs> kitted, not kitted up to be able to play it. Cause I, I will certainly, I'm very excited for that. So it's one sure. of my most anticipated games of the year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, I think we can move on to our quests, right? Uh, so let's pull up let's pull up our quest board. Yeah. Right. And we we're 
we're all kind of at different places as of right now because uh, despite uh, me and Nick doing the same quests, we're that's because we combine things. Um, Jeremy, you're still you're still a ways behind. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to keep letting you go first out of pity, but <laughs> I also feel like I should do that too. Like, you mind rolling first? I will us? totally roll first. I got a big decision if I want to stop in this enemy encounter and refresh my job power or not. Unless, and, Ooh, unless you roll I rolled high. I rolled a five. Um, okay. Oh, but I miss using my powers. <laughs> what? Do we have a max level? Is it max level three? Or does it just keep there, going? Yes, max Okay, max well, level. I'm already level two, so I'll skip this one, I guess. I got a nice high roll okay. to catch up. But one, two, three... Ooh, an RPG with addictive ga- gameplay. I mean, you could you could talk about any RPG. They're all so addictive. But again, so open ended, it almost feels uh, a shame not to to talk about one game in specific. Oh, I will talk about one game in specific. The question is, can I make it a Kemco game or not? <laughs> it's your purpose of being here, isn't no, it? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain you can make it a Kemco game. No, sorry, Jeremy, you 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 got 24, not 25. That's the, I, uh, I rolled a five, game. right? No, I yeah, just he meant, was at 19. Uh, I was just Probably joking that an RPG with a bad battle system. If he was, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a oh, yeah. <laughs> Usually, that's not Kemco's problem. Their battle, it's the everything surrounding the battle system that's the issue. Yeah, right. <clears> for the bad like games. They're competent at like mechanic stuff. It's yeah, just it's, the, it's, it's the wrapping. Everything else is very milk toast. Um, All right. Nick, do you want to go next? Certainly do. Let's roll the old die. I've rolled a four. One, two, three, four. An RPG with a novel twist. Well, that's every JRPG under the sun since about two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> or an enemy encounter. I was trying to think. I, I kind of want to do this enemy encounter. See, but I, again. Swear, I, I swear to God. <laughs> I also... If you, if you just oh, hey. get to... Hang on, random mechanics question. Since Nick did a combined enemy encounter with Evan, did he level mm, up? I see where this is going. Uh, Does I he have his yeah. powers again? Excellent. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I would say you do. I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> and now you can combine all three. <laughs> but... but... I think <laughs> yes, this is true. Oh man, you and I also did reset my skill too. So I no, because I'm, right I'm only level two now, Jeremy. So I can oh. combine all three quests. Oh, okay. Well, after this, but one. I can use it twice now. We should probably make this uh, this job system a little bit more transparent to the the listeners. I really do need to post that information. Yeah, even just just soon. post up our three jobs and then yeah. Yeah, I'll do that uh, on our on our different uh, social media channels, which we'll talk about uh, in a hot second. But uh, Nick, what are you going to settle on? Uh, quest um, number thirty. I reckon I'm, I'll stop on quest number thirty. It gives me a chance to go and look at something I've never looked at before. You're staying in the 1980s. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, then I am going to roll. Uh, and I rolled a six, uh, which is a well nice meaty roll. Uh, that puts me at number 36. Oh, God. Oh, no. Well, you can't combine with Evan. Uh, <laughs> mobile <laughs> RPG. Mobile RPG you think is worth playing. Oh, um, or can I? <laughs> uh, you can't. Ow, how would you even do that? 
mobile RPG I'm, I'm sure release there's, before there's, 1990. There's some kind of punch card mobile RPG available to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Satellavia? No. As, as long as you carry your punch cards around. Or, or I guess uh, technically a board game is, uh, is something that's mobile, right? You can take it to other people's houses. Dungeons and Dragons. Well, sorry, just just for my sake, um, when you guys say mobile, do you mean portable or do you mean like a mobile phone? Because I know you guys say cell phones, don't you? Yeah, uh, we, we do say cell phones, but mobile, yeah, I would say is is pretty strictly uh, in the camp of of cell phone games. Yeah, cool. So that's going to be my quest, a mobile RPG you think is worth playing, which uh, allows me to draw upon my knowledge of absolutely nothing so that's fun that's just about everything right that's all that's all we got does anybody want to use their uh their their skills nick oh no, wait oh 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 pause oh, here we go if you did combine this is this is just giving everything away the Nintendo Game Boy came out in 1989, and there was <laughs> RPGs released on the Game Boy in that first year. One of which we have talked about on this very podcast. I feel like I'm just making my own life hard again. <laughs> I need, a, I need a. I've, I've got Pokemon. A... I've got Final Fantasy 14. I need something simple. <laughs> That's a very again semantics way of talking about mobile games. And I was going to say, I can't do an RPG release before 1990 with addictive gameplay because if I haven't played it, I could find one then released before that, but I've really not played a lot of RPGs from before 1990. I mean, you could ask people, what is an, an RPG with addictive gameplay? Ask your Twitter followers. followers. I have a new Twitter follower this week, everyone. Oh, um, man. Oh, exciting. It's, it's one of the Switch RPG <laughs> staff members. So thank you. That's a pity follow. Pretty much, yeah. No, I think maybe we're good they, then. Maybe they like your Wordle scores. I, mean, I got three three today. I'm pretty happy with myself. All right. Uh, well, I guess with that out of the way, let's let's talk about where you can hear our podcast. You can hear it all over the place. Spotify, Apple, Google, some other places too. Uh, those are the big three, though. Uh so listen to it on there. Uh, if you ever have questions for us about our quests, about our hot takes on games, about how uh, disappointed you are in me picking a Zelda game uh, for today's uh, quest, you can always shoot us an email at the RP- well, not the, uh, again, we're dropping the the, uh, rpgpodquest at gmail.com, or you can tweet uh, at us at uh, rpgpodquest. Also, just want to throw it out there. We have an Instagram account now. Uh, It is the RPG Podquest or RPG underscore Podquest. And it's got a whopping one post on it right now. So so very proud of it. Um, Yeah, we're going to post some other stuff, too. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to post some artwork that is related to uh, (laughs) this podcast. Uh, as well as maybe some other uh, neat stuff, maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff about how we composed uh, the theme songs and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so check check back over there, too. Uh, Jeremy, Nick, where can they find you? 
Uh, you can find me across various forms of social media at the username RPG underscore writer. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Wattpad. Uh, I, most of my posting has to do with either RPGs or, uh, creative writing. Uh, so if the, either of those things interest you, we know at least one of them does, uh, feel free to check it out. Excellent. And you can find me at RPG Nick. That's with two eyes on our Twitter. Uh, currently my Twitter is just me yelling at Square Enix about their awful installation process for Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes. But yes, as I the did. weeks go on and intoxication occurs, there may be more yelling at more people. So look forward to it. Oh, I hope you yell at me. I used to have an old Twitter account that I set up once purely for AFL because I'd get drunk. <laughs> and when my team was losing, I just need to, you know, previously I'd spam my Facebook friends, but I thought, no, I'm going to make a Twitter. <laughs> so it was really just me drunkenly yelling at umpires on Twitter for a couple of hours a week. It's good fun. Well, I do want to say our social media manager has a bone to pick with the Final Fantasy podcast, whoever I've our noticed. social media manager is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to see that ongoing feud, uh, feel free to follow that. Does it count uh, as a feud f- if it's one-sided? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> and you can find me at RPGSEB. Uh, you know, I post uh, a whole bunch of weird stuff. I post about horseshoe crabs. That's what I posted about today. Oh. And Wordle. My Wordle streak is like 25 right now in a row. I'm on a rampage. Try and stop me. All right, gentlemen. With all of our uh, plugs and quests and games out of the way, I think it's time for us to head out on our new quests. So again, to all of you at home, Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have fun. We have fun, right? We have fun. Yeah, we have fun. Always. We'll see you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll see you when we come back from our next quests. Bye-bye. Insert some jingle music. Wonderful. Don't include that in.